Welcome, welcome, welcome to Thirst Knowledge Podcast, episode 93. I'm James Evers. I'm Justin. And I'm Seth Tardiff. And on today's episode, we are talking video games part one. Yeah, we, we start off with the first generation of the video game console ever created, kind of go through the design specs, the game cartridges, and then we dig into the second generation of our video games to include the Magnavox Odyssey 2, ColecoVision, Intellivision, and the Atari 2600, to name a few. And then we end on the worst video game of all time, and finally, the crash of the video game industry in 1983. So join us on our quest as we dive into Donkey Kong, get pixelated with Pac-Man, and the excrement that is E.T. in the video game part one. Well, are you guys ready to talk about video games today? I think I'm ready. I've never actually played a video game before. Oh, wow. Well, you're going to learn all about them. Do you put in like a VHS and then it's a video, but it's like some sort of fun thing that you do I mean, a family? Those kind of did exist at one point. Oh, fuck yeah, they did. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. And actually, there's, uh, there's some expansion packs to certain video game systems that actually incorporated stuff like that yep which we will get into on today's podcast sweet so this is going to be the first in an ongoing series about video games and the history of video games i'm actually excited for this series yeah yeah i mean i was excited for beer it was pretty fucking interesting Mm -hmm. i love i was looking forward to prohibition we did prohibition we did a whole thing yeah we got i got real excited for the end when we were like doing the new beers where we knew oh yeah what's going on you know Mm -hmm. so this will be fun because i'm excited for certain generations yeah you know i'm excited for that super nintendo that's my shit for sure yeah because i'm like i went born into that era and then i got to a point where i was not too old to play, but I was too busy to play games. Oh, yeah. Missed a couple generations. Fucking born into this error. And then yeah. now. The Soder over here. Yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. Soder. <laughs> error. Yeah, so let's let's hear it. I don't know anything about this shit. I was thinking. I was thinking because I, I agree. Like, this for the first two generations that we're going to kind of start with today, mm-hmm. I have some experience as a child but not enough where it's any bit of nostalgia. It's yeah. it's like I feel nothing for any of these consoles. Yeah. But yeah, when we get into like NES, SNES, and then fucking all those systems. It, yeah, it's going to be pretty pretty ripe uh, yep. in those middle generation consoles. PlayStation yeah. 1. I yep. was thinking if if we each pick a generation, like a, a generation ahead of what we're talking about today, mm-hmm. and we each play a game and beat a game from one of those older systems and then oh, we'll pour back to the podcast. Yeah, that would be fun. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't mind beating Link to the Past for Super Nintendo. Mm, yeah. I think that's the only one I could probably beat, though, because it's the only one I've ever beat. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's short games, though, for those systems. Fuck yeah. Star yeah. Fox. Yeah. Two hours. You're done. Two yeah. hours? That's it? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Damn. Although, like, back... I guess I could play Super Mario World. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, if I cheat, you know... Yeah, you just whistle through... to the end and you're good. No, that's Mario 3. Oh, sorry. Mario yes, 3. Mario 3. <laughs> Super Jeez. Mario World. Star, Star, Road. Road. Star Road. Star Road. Star Road. There you go. Yeah, you, you get Star the fucking Road, Blue Yoshi. You... you fly your way yep. to Freedoms. Yep. 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 yep, yep, Get to Bowser and then boom. They yeah. always had that in, in those early Mario games where you could skip ahead like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah even... Uh, what well, was Mario 1 where the... 
on the second level, you go over on the ceiling, exactly. run across, and then you pick the tube. Yep. The pipe. Yeah. <clears throat> I think yeah. you could do that. Yeah. All yeah, there's a bunch of quick games that you could beat. Oh, you know what we should do? A secret episode for the video games because there's always the secret shit in video games. Okay, we can figure yeah, that out somehow. Episode. We'll do a secret episode. Like, we'll like, the... post it on a fucking Monday and just like blow, <laughs> blow everyone's minds. I was watching, uh, <clears throat> I was exercising the other day. Shocking, even though I came in last to my uh, leg of the race <laughs> oh yesterday. Oh my God. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I was actually watching a, uh, like the video on like the history of speed running with certain video games. Oh yeah. And one of the most popular speedrunning games right now, or even like over the last like 20 years, has been fucking Super Mario 64. I was just going to say, is it Super Mario 64? Weird. With a 16 star run is is right now the new baseline goal. Okay. A 16 star run with utilizing some of the glitches with getting through to Bowser's door. Yeah. And I think the time right now is something I don't don't quote me I don't fucking know but yeah. it's like something crazy like fourteen minutes or like or seventeen minutes or That's some crazy. shit some That's crazy someone shit. does it blindfolded someone does that beats that game blindfolded That's nuts Yeah I've I've, I've heard of other people doing that too Another for other doesn't games. a dude play it like on a drum set Yes Yeah Yeah yes. Yeah. yeah Yeah with the uh, the like Guitar Hero or the Rock Band drum set yeah. Like what the yeah. fuck Yeah Yeah <laughs> I just don't have that type of motivation man. I, well, I don't think it, you have time. Yeah, it's time. It's mo- it, yeah, but it's also like everyone has time. I got time. Do I want to put it all on that one thing? Exactly. Sure. Exactly. Right. Fuck yeah. no, I don't. Because yeah. it doesn't I mean, mean anything to you're me. You're gonna get a bunch of hits on your YouTube channel though. Like if you add a YouTube channel, that you're trying to do that. If you're making money off of it, you're definitely making money off. Of yeah. It. Sure. Yeah. Now, are you making as much money as you put into it off of it? I don't know. Maybe depends mm-hmm. on how big your YouTube channel is. But yeah. yeah. So, let's talk about video game consoles. The, the video game generations, okay? Now, of <clears throat> just to preface, I didn't include any pinball machines because, as I was saying before, the mics went hot. You know, this is stuff that can be traced back hundreds of years mm-hmm. with those, like, old wooden boxes and even, like... You could you could even make the claim that like Baccarat and Shuffleboard and some of those other wooden tabletop games are like precursors to pinball and all that. Oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> where like the electronics doesn't really come in until about the the I want to say like seventies and all that stuff. But so no pinball machines, no arcades. Although a lot of the arcade games either were inspired or actually ported to these home console mm-hmm. systems. For the for all intents and purposes, we're talking strictly the console generations of home video games, and we might do some offshoot episodes specifically on arcade machines or also on PC gaming. I think we're going to have to definitely do one on PC gaming for sure. But for the main <clears throat> part of this series, we're going to run through with uh, the different generations of con- at home consoles and handhelds. Uh, because hand, that that's yeah. like its own special world of yes. certain consoles. Yeah. So and stuff. we'll do an offshoot of of handhelds. Yeah. Too. So let's get into it. First generation. First generation. When do you think this started? Um, my guess seventies with Pong. Okay. That would be my intuition. Sure. Right. That would be my intuition. So, the first generation of home video game consoles only includes a single system, the Magnavox Odyssey. As being the world's first home video game console. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. It was released in the fall of 1972. All right. All right. Magnavox. 
Yeah, yeah. And basically, it was it was kind of in the works. There was this guy um, who was basically sort of tinkering with this idea of doing home video games. And he started putting together a working on a prototype in 1966. And then finally, it was sort of um, got a working prototype completed around uh, in 1971 in January. And then finally, got Magnavox on board to start packaging it and getting it ready to go. Mass for, producing it. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically, the Magnavox Odyssey, it's, it's kind of like this white... If you look at it, man, it's fucking very crude. It looks so 70s and blocky, and it's not sleek or sexy by Even any means. Even more so like your NES. Like your NES was pretty <clears throat> blocky, right? This is, yeah, this this is way, this looks way less sexy. Okay, okay. Um, even when we get to the, the Atari with like wood panels and shit. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. But basically it's a it's this white, black, and brown box that basically connects to a television set. There's these two rectangular controllers that are kind of connected by wires to the system. And it's capable of displaying uh, three dots on the screen. That's it. Oh, three geez. dots. Wow. And depending on, you know, how the game is played and, and how it's set up, you're going to utilize those dots in different fashions. Now, there's no sound capabilities what, whatsoever. There's Holy no sound. Shit. That's crazy. No sound. It's just fucking lights on a TV screen. Yeah. <clears throat> so <clears throat> the, the way this their games are set up is there's no cartridges. There's not like that cartridge that you stick into a slot. Yeah. What it are is you're actually paying, you're buying circuit boards. Ah, okay. And you're 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 inserting the circuit board into a slot that are between uh, the pins of a connector card. Mm-hmm. Now, Seth, you're an, you're an electronics engineer. You yeah. probably have way more experience with all this stuff. Yeah. But from my understanding, is these jumpers kind of interconnect different logic and signal generators to produce the desired game logic and screen output components. I mean, uh, essentially, like your cartridges are circuit boards too. They just have a fun housing on the outside of them, right? That make them look, you know, that they're very bulky and everything. But if you took apart like a Nintendo, an NES cartridge or a Super Nintendo cartridge or whatever, there's just a small circuit board inside there. Sure. I used to get lost watching YouTube videos of this one guy who would get broken NES games. Yeah from wherever take it apart be like that's broken put a new resistor in it clean oh yeah it all up put it yeah, back yeah, together yeah. and then plug it in and be like hey it works that's fuck right like that's amazing so people will take games They're very simple they'll mod them they'll um you know they can repair them sometimes like your memory circuits go and then they they replace those and everything um but yeah they are they are pretty simple it's wild and it's they don't a, take up much memory either. yeah no not at all yeah and like there's things you can get on Amazon and eBay where it's literally a Super Nintendo game from China or somewhere. Mm-hmm. You put it in and there's every Super Nintendo game on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's literally yeah. a cartridge. You put it yeah. in and yeah. then you have all the games. Yep. Yeah. And they have a nice mainframe for them and a display. Yeah. So it's not like just a list. It's just like, ooh, this yeah. one, this one. Well, this you one. think nowadays they have those, um, what are they called? 
It's it's like it looks like a very a tiny the Raspberry Pi. No, not even the Raspberry Pi. Like something, it's like an official licensed thing, oh. and it's just a small thing that looks like a, a an NES or yeah, a like Super Nintendo <clears throat> NES Classic. Yeah, the, exactly. The That's Super what Nintendo. It is. Yes. They have a PlayStation. Yeah, one. yeah, and they have a bunch of games preloaded on them. Yeah, you know? it's, yeah, because yeah, they don't take up that much space and everything. But you can't. You couldn't make money off of just selling a cartridge that had all the games of the back <laughs> right. in the day. You know, right, right, right. Yeah, and so. The system itself was they. It was sold with all this extra stuff with it in order to make those three or those lights make sense. Yeah. So they had these these like decals that would you would sort of put on your on television your, oh, screen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Through static cling. Yep. And you would kind of play your game based off the rules or the borders or even the parameters of those of those decals. Yeah. yeah. It's fucking crazy. So it, it actually makes it look <clears throat> nicer like than just seeing dots move around on a screen. Right. It adds yeah. color. Yeah. It adds yep. a little bit more art artistry and, and illustrations to the game itself. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. So, you know, some of the overlays, they were kind of used with certain cartridges. There was there was cartridges that had multiple games kind of loaded onto them. Mm-hmm. And you could use the same decals for, for, for those different cartridges. But what's, what's cool is this system also came with poker chips, dice, score sheets. And it basically, you were kind of held accountable as the player to track your score and to to utilize and and <clears throat> kind of play the game based off the rules on these like score sheets and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um now Ralph Bear, he he's the guy who kind of he invented this system. Mm-hmm. Um he actually had proposed to Magnavox uh this concept called active cartridges that would contain additional electrical components that would allow more game features, include sound effects, variable net positions with the lights, speed, all that stuff. But they like shot that fucking shot yeah. that down right away. Uh, it's going to be more expensive. We <clears throat> want to sell this thing for cheaper, probably. Right? Or, or- Fuck no. That's the thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ralph Bear was like, no, I want this shit sold for twenty dollars. Okay. Twenty dollars in nineteen seventy six. Yeah. You know, nineteen seventy two. Yeah. It's yeah. They were like, no, fuck that. We're going to sell this at retail for $100. Holy shit. Now, now here's the thing. Yeah. In, um, I, I did all the components. I did the inflation and everything yeah. for the different costs. Okay. So in, so uh, Ralph Bear was like $20 in 1972 or whatever. That, that retails for $139 today. Okay. $20 does? Yeah. Yeah. But Magnavox was like, no, I want this at $100, which is equivalent to $700 in today's Damn. money. Or you could pay $50 for this new system with the purchase of a Magnavox television. Ah, yes. Okay. And that's kind of how they sort of skewed the advertising was like, this isn't going to work on any other TV. It's only Magnavox. You have to buy our shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they fucked it all up. Yep. Well, they did, but yeah, because they were trying to leverage it. Did it to work sell with TVs. other TVs? Oh hell yeah, I it think it did. With yeah, other yeah, TVs. for sure. Yeah, because uh. it's just an input output thing. But yeah. they want to say, oh, our Magnavox televisions are optimized for this video game system, <laughs> right, 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 yeah. right? To get people to because it's like, oh, crazy video games, you know? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so the Magnavox Odyssey, it 
they did include, they did create, Ralph Baer did create this add-on peripheral, which was the first commercial light gun. Ooh. Oh, wow. And this thing was fucking no joke, man. It looked like a 12-gauge pump-action shotgun. <laughs> Had uh, it, I mean, granted, it was all plastic and shit, yeah, but it, it yeah. like the buttstock, the the pump gauge, everything, everything looked wooden, yeah, looked nice and everything. And um, they had a, a game cartridge, um, cartridge nine <clears throat> had a uh, two games in it. First game was called Shootout, and basically you would take your decal. Uh, static cling it to the television and it looked like a bunch of different like saloons and horse and carriages and you were basically whatever light shined up at the cowboy yeah you basically you pump the shotgun and you shoot them okay okay and then it responds the sensor in the gun responds to the light where it's pointing at yep yeah the only downside is is you could actually aim the shotgun at a light bulb and just keep shooting, and it will count up those scores. Okay, okay, so there's yeah. no way to differ between people, them. Yeah, people are hacking it like that. Yeah, haha, yeah. first place, <laughs> right. office pops. Right. Um, they had another decal with the light gun that it was basically a. It was sort of this flight path with different Nazi airplanes, of course, and the dots that would light up would follow this path, and then once the dot aligns with a the bullseye of a Nazi plane. You would take your shot and try to try to down the airplane. Yep. Hmm. Fucking crazy! This yeah. is weird stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like he had this. He created this idea for the light gun. The he wanted to do other add-on peripherals, like um, like a golf putting game, mm-hmm. um, where a golf ball would be fixed to the top of the joystick, and then you would hit it using the putter. Which, wow. again, this is, yeah. like, fucking way ahead of its time. Yeah, because all this stuff would be realized in one way or another. Sure. Yeah. And, and you know, Magnavox was just like, man, you know, we're, we could release this, but then it just never got pushed forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, some of the games from the Magnavox Odyssey, just some honorable mentions, in no real big shape. I'm just, I picked a couple of random ones. Yeah. But Game Cartridge 1, Table Tennis. Two players used paddles. And they would knock a ball back and forth on the screen um, without an overlay. It was just you were hitting the light. Okay. And um, that wasn't Pong? It was not Pong. <clears throat> it was called table tennis. <laughs> but this would be the inspiration to Atari's widely successful of course, you know, yeah. game Pong. Yeah. Um, they had other ones. Fucking Cartridge 3 had um, analogic, hockey, football. Uh, there was like the analogic was like a math game. Yep. The the hockey. I mean, it was just like it was all this cool stuff. Uh, cartridge six was roulette, so you would actually fucking have a like a, a roulette, roulette wheel. wheel on your fucking TV, <laughs> and you would just kind oh. of. That's where the poker chips came in and yeah, all that yeah, stuff, yeah. and and damn, pretty neat stuff. Yep. So they released the console uh, in September 1972. Uh, through Magnavox, they sold around a hundred thousand units by the end of that year. Uh, by the time it was discontinued in 1975, they had sold about 350 thousand units. So that seems pretty respectable, yeah. I guess. You know, it wasn't considered a commercial success. The, yeah. the Odyssey was, yeah, but it was. It kind of marked that the end of that early history of video games and sort of brought in that. The start of the industry itself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? So, first generation, 
Magnavox Odyssey from 1972 to 1976. All right. All right. Have you guys ever played one, seen one? Fuck no. I don't think so. Maybe back in the day I saw a picture of one. Because I used to have like this poster that... And this probably was like the first five generations of video games when I had this poster. (laughs) Right, right, right. And there might have been a picture of one on it. And that's probably like my only, you know, experience with it. Magnavox, did they make... They used to make movies, right? Magnavox? uh, I feel like I remember seeing like a Magnavox intro to like some movies back when I was younger. Maybe I could... I might be wrong, but for some reason I remember like Magna, blah, blah, blah. I mean, they certainly could have like... They could have had a whole side sector, like a production like, production company and stuff. Maybe. Sure, yeah, I know. I just knew them as an electronics company. They made different kinds of. Did they make VCRs? Probably. Yeah, yeah. I would probably. That's funny. They like were trying to push like a combo buy the TV. You get the fucking system for fifty bucks. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, it's the same. Anything like Apple does. You know what I mean? Hey, you gotta if you want to do use this thing, you gotta buy our product and yeah. You know, true if if there's one trend that i've noticed is what we find outrageous what we consider outrageous to be as far as costs yeah for a video game system or even video games today yeah was even more fucking crazy way back in the day oh definitely yeah and when you compare it to like inflation all that stuff like these people were paying fucking ungodly amounts of my unreasonable yeah. amounts of cash well there wasn't any competition either right they could just charge whatever the fuck they wanted to right you yeah know? yeah <clears throat> imagine if someone came out with like a fucking teleportation system I'm like oh do you want to go to california instantly well guess what it's fucking eight thousand dollars you're like right. well i could just take a flight and it's only like 600 bucks like yeah but you'll get there instantly and then you fast forward a hundred years, and then you're like, "Well, yeah, well, now China is fucking. We're getting all our trans transportation devices from China, so it cuts the cost in half, and a flight is fifty bucks. It's just like that. It's it's exactly <laughs> it like, is exactly. like that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So- <laughs> Jesus Christ! All these teleportations from China. Yeah. Goddamn China. <clears throat> Need to buy a used simulator. <laughs> I don't even want to start talking about. Hey, I'm selling a right used now. simulator. You want it? It's upstairs. <laughs> Fifty bucks. Fifty bucks. So we're moving on to Gen Two now, right? Gen Two. Okay. So Gen Two lasted from 1976 to 1983. All right. All right. 76 to 83. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wasn't even alive. Me neither. Nope. Neither with Seth. Yeah, we weren't alive yet. So this one consists consisted of we dead. about about six systems. One, two, three, four, five, six systems. Some of it, <clears throat> some of them were very paramount, very popular, and really kind of took over. Um, some of them kind of fell through the cracks relatively soon. They 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 started out relatively strong, garnered some interest, and then kind of burned out. But um, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna do this in order of release, um, mainly because I'm gonna save the most popular one for the last for the okay. last one. I'll yeah. we'll talk about. Yeah. But first, let's kick it off with the Fairchild Channel F console. Ooh, I think the F stands Fair for Fairchild for fun. I think so. I don't know. <laughs> Fairchild. Right. Maybe that was how it was marketed. I don't yeah. know. I watched yeah. some of the old commercials of these consoles. Oh, of course. And it's fucking. 
rough, man. <laughs> so, Fairchild Channel F released in November 1976 and discontinued in 1983. Retail price at that time, $169.95. Damn. That is about $873 today. That's crazy. Okay. So expensive. Yep. It was it does have the distinction of being the first program programmable ROM cartridge based video game console mm-hmm. and the first console to use a microprocessor. Okay. Seth, microprocessors. Go. Um Do they process things God. very small. Are they just small chips? Is that really all it is? Uh, a microprocessor is a small chip. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, well, so I, I, I don't know, know any of this I, stuff. I, yeah, I went, yes, uh, I went to school for electrical engineering. I no longer am a practicing electrical engineer, um, but we did take like uh, some of the courses that I had to take involved like how microprocessors are designed and yeah, all that yeah. shit and everything. And like the early, there's like classic early ones that you learn about that are like not even used today because we have shit today that's like way over the top. Sure. But um it's like ugh, fuck. I'm going to I'm going to name a few during this course. If we yeah. get to any of them that you remember from class, just okay. can you let me know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's 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 a small chip small? that that controls shit. It, like <laughs> it links the different parts of a circuit board's made up of Many chips and resistors and, you know, there's different parts to it. The microprocessor, think of it as like the brains of the operation kind of thing. Okay. So the Fairchild Channel F was created through a collaboration of Jerry Lawson, Nick Talesfor, and Ron Smith. And they all worked for the Wilf Corrigan uh, head of the Fairchild Semiconductor, a division of the Fairchild Camera and Instrument. So think of this as a whole separate sector of a camera company and they're fucking wanting to get into this home console video game yep. industry. This is going to be the next big thing. We got to get into it too. Right, yeah. yeah. So they used what's called an F8 CPU. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of complex in sort of relative to the chips of these days. Um, cause there, because there was not enough pins, the F8 was fabricated as a pair of chips that were used together to form a complete CPU. The resolution of the Fairchild was 128 by 64 with about approximately 102 by 58 pixels visible. And um, let me see, 64 bytes of RAM, uh, which is about half the amount of the Atari 2600. Yeah. That's like, like, that is not like bits. crude. Bits. Yeah, that's very crude. It's bits. V- very fucking crude compared to your right. smartphone or your your average PC today. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Sixteen gigs of RAM. <laughs> yeah. So the original unit, they they sound was played through an internal speaker on the console itself on on the console itself. Yeah. Rather than through the TV, the yeah. television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but later they would kind of update that stuff as mm-hmm. the console sort of became popular the the cool thing about this and this is the only reason why i wanted to mention this console because mm-hmm. i don't remember i don't remember playing it i didn't even remember what it looked like yeah. i've never seen this before yeah but the cool thing about it was the f8 processor is able to produce enough ai to allow a player versus a computer 
to like allow like a, a player versus computer yeah, matches. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you didn't have to have a two player yep. in order to play a game. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking a. That's that's pretty cool. That is huge. pretty cool. Yeah. Because now, so this is the first like one player versus computer, like single player. Yes. You can create single player games. Yeah. Because you can be- play by yourself. Before in that other system, it, it was two player games, right? For the most part, For the most yeah. Part, yeah. Or you were like, or you're just playing trying to see with you your high score. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're like shooting a thing on a screen. You're not really like things are just moving around. You're not really interacting with things, right? Yeah. Another feature with this console is that it, there was a hold button, which allowed the player to freeze the game. Ah, the a first pause, pause button. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hold button. Wow. And you could also manipulate the time, change the speed of the game and, and all that stuff to make it either harder or even easier. Yeah. So it was like a difficulty setting as well as a pause button. Yeah. And you could fucking play single player. No, that's cool. cool that man. is cool. Yeah. So the console the console itself had two built-in games without the need for any cartridges. Mm-hmm. It came with two two games built in. One of them was tennis and the other one was hockey. And they were just basically advanced pong clones more yeah. or less yeah um the the cartridges were termed video carts and they were uh let's see the typical price of a video game cartridge for this system was 1995 or equivalent to about 102 dollars today holy shit dude that's right? wild. 100 bucks for that a is game. wild they're almost there they're almost there. Yeah, but even still, it's the like games are getting dollars for yeah. PS5 like, game. They're, yeah, they're way more advanced. So many, like it's true. The the number of people that probably programmed that those old games was like one person. <laughs> yeah. Now you've got like hundreds of programmers working on a game. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> so these cartridges, they were kind of like the size of like you know your your eight track tapes kind yeah. of thing, kind of big, bulky. Um, they had different cartridge numbers that also had multiple games on them uh just some honorable mentions um cartridge one had tic-tac-toe a shooting gallery um a a kind of like a doodle or like a drawing game like similar to like microsoft paint and that kind of thing which is kind of neat for that time yeah um baseball space war robot war hangman bowling that kind of thing you know what's crazy to me already about these different types of games that are available even on these youngest systems. What's that? Shooter game, sports game. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, right? Like, in, still today. Space like, game. Space game. Like, what are the most popular <laughs> games? Like, <laughs> yeah, we just keep doing the same thing, just making it better, making yeah, it better. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It's true. So, by 1977, the Fairchild Channel F sold over 250,000 units. Um, that slightly trailed behind the sales of the Atari 2600. Yeah. Okay. Now, let's go to let's let's name a couple of the uh, lesser known peeps in television. You know, in television, it's a portmanteau of intelligent television. Hey, all right. vision. <laughs> so this was released in North America in 1979 and this actually posed a huge threat to a Atari's market. Okay. So Atari was the boss in oh, yeah. second gen. Yeah. They yeah. were the big they were the big boys. But uh the Intellivision cost at launch in 1979 $275 or $975 today. 
The CPU had a CP1600 processor, which was a 16-bit. Memory was one kilobyte of RAM. Wild. Wild. Six kilobytes of ROM. Yeah. Powerful stuff. Yep. The controller had a, it was a 12-button numeric keypad, 0 through 9, plus an enter, plus a clear. It had four action buttons and a directional pad that you could direct like a joystick in 16 different directions. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it kind of functioned as a joystick and a paddle for a lot of different games. So game average cost was $39.99 or about $141 today. And some of their popular games... Donkey Kong Jr., Qbert, Dracula, Diner. There was one, the best-selling game for this system was called Las Vegas Poker and Blackjack. Sold 1.9 million units. Damn. And uh, Major League Baseball at a uh, little over 1.1. That's that's pretty crazy. 1.9 Also the mention of Donkey Kong, too. At yeah. 100 bucks a piece. <laughs> Fucking, yeah, $141. $140 each. That's God. that's a lot of coin, man. 1.9 million. So you're telling, man, so that if, if they were putting out Donkey Kong, that means Nintendo must have bought that IP at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perhaps, yeah. So I would imagine that, like, there's probably other stories like that too, where like different mm. started like absorbing each other. Yeah, and oh shit. yeah, yeah, definitely. Because this is gonna narrow. Like, we're we're already <clears throat> talking about there's six different systems in Gen yeah. two. It's I feel like it's gonna you're it's gonna widen a little bit, and then it's just gonna narrow. And sure. It's gonna be like we're only talking about three different companies, right. two different companies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. There was a game I want to mention though, and this is fucking <laughs> this. This was so crazy to me. I have I had to mention it. So the game's called Microsurgeon. Okay. <laughs> Here's the plot. <clears throat> a tanker carrying hazardous material was damaged during an accident, allowing the gas inside to escape. Those exposed to the fumes begin to suffer a range of immune disorders, such as rampant bacterial infections, rapidly growing tumors, and widespread tar deposits in the lungs. Patients are being rushed to the Xenon Medical Center for emergency microsurgery before their conditions become fatal. The player assumes the role of a member of the surgical staff. That's the plot. Okay. Now your gameplay. (laughs) It's got to be so rudimentary. (laughs) The player must guide a tiny medical device, the robot probe through a patient's body to treat the ailments affecting various organs, such as bacterial infections, brain tumors, cholesterol blockages in the arteries, and tapeworms. <laughs> Jesus, tapeworms too? Oh my tapeworms. God. Any system status will be slowly deteriorate towards terminal unless it is brought up to good with appropriate treatments from the bot. The ultimate goal is to bring the patient's overall health status up to good and exit the patient's body through the eye, ear, nose, or mouth before the power on the on the robot runs out. Wow. If you haven't seen screenshots of this game, it is horrifying. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking crazy, man. I feel man. like it needs a remake. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. They have, like, this, like, world map, if you will, of, like, a... Man, I don't even. It's just basically just a human body cut in half. Um, I don't know if it's sagittal or trans. I don't know the fuck proper term, yeah, but yeah, basically, yeah. you're seeing a side view 
of the arteries, the eyeball, all the organs, and all this shit. It's fucking wild. Oh, jeez. Damn. Cool. I've always wanted to make a game called bathroom surgery where <laughs> you start off like level one you're just like helping someone like take a splinter out of their hand yeah yeah like tweezers or something and but then you like slowly like go up the ranks you like learn more upgrade your fucking equipment you make your bathroom better and cleaner and shit yeah you like get some booze or some fucking like rubbing alcohol and then you're like taking bullet wounds out of like fucking gangsters and eventually like maybe like doing a fucking brain surgery um, I love to do swapping that. faces with John Travolta. Swapping yeah. faces, yeah. <laughs> Nick Cage. Nick Cage. <laughs> Changing out people's dental records and shit. <laughs> uh, oh, that would yeah. be cool. Yeah. Bathroom surgery. Okay, all right. You can only use the shit that's in your bathroom, you know? So you're using, like, fucking mouthwash to clean wounds. Right, right. Q-tips and shit. And dental like, floss as dental, sutures. See? All right, if we got any indie gamer uh, developers listening, we got to- It's uh, got to be VR, too. One, two, three. We can make this. We can keep going. Upgrading the fucking bathrooms. We're gonna do a collab. We'll do a collab. <laughs> we got to do microtransactions. Microtransactions oh, is where it's at. Yeah. yeah you want to yeah. buy that nice needle? Five ninety nine. Yeah. In uh, uh, what is it? In game purchase. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. It's a cool thing to do now. Everyone yeah. loves microtransactions. Oh yeah, yeah. It's the best. <laughs> All right. So by the end of nineteen eighty two. Sales for the Intellivision were like crushing it. Over two million units consoles that were sold, uh, earning Mattel a profit of a hundred million dollars. Damn, and that's Damn. Mattel too. Mattel, yeah, yeah, they owned a television. Damn. Okay. Uh, next one, we'll go into ColecoVision. Ah, yes, ColecoVision. You familiar? Uh, I only know it because I had a friend in. Um, elementary school that had a ColecoVision. Okay. Damn. Yeah. And I, I I never played it myself, but I feel like I either saw him play it or I, I definitely saw the system in person. Because I remember being like, we're playing like N64 and I'm like, hey, what's that thing? <laughs> He's like, ColecoVision. And I'm like, what the hell is a ColecoVision? <laughs> Wait, you don't know? Yeah. <laughs> it was worth $10,000 at retail. Right, right. Uh, actually, this one was much cheaper. Okay. $533 in today's money. Okay, that's that's not bad. That's like comparable reasonable. to like today's systems, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. $299, I think, is what like a PS5 is going for, right? For the base for the, model. For the base model, and if, you, if you're lucky enough to get into the raffle and buy one yourself. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So this console, ColecoVision, was launched in North America in July 28th, 1982. The... The, what what's cool about this particular console is it actually tried to emulate more of the arcade experience. Mm-hmm. So it, it it had a powerful enough chip to sort of be able to kind of bring that the actual arcade life of games into your home. Um, it used a Zilog Z80 chip. Nope, doesn't ring a bell. Okay, uh, it's an eight bit microprocessor. Oh, a Zilog. <laughs> yeah. The controller was, it was simply like a a lot of the other ones, a lot of the competitors, it was a joystick with a numerical keypad. But what was cool about this one is it actually had different uh, sort of extensions that you could add on to the console. Mm -hmm. Kind of like, I think with Sega and um, Game Gear, no, not Game Gear, Sega Saturn, what was that? Genesis? The add-on that you can kind of plug into a Sega Genesis to play a more stronger Sega Saturn, maybe? I don't know. And they had that. Yeah, I know what you're saying. We'll get well, into that. Yeah, there was like Sega CD where you could plug a thing. You plug that into the Genesis thing. Yeah. And you could play a 32-bit disc versus whatever fucking... Yeah. I mean, I there, yeah, there's been a handful of those 
those gen systems, like even N64 had an upgrade that you could plug in. You could like pop off this right, panel right, in the right, front. Right. And, yep. Yeah. That know. actually certain games required, right? Yes. Yeah yeah. 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 So what was cool about ColecoVision, they had they had three extension expansion modules. One, module one allowed the ColecoVision to play any Atari 2600 game whoa is that 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 can't even be like legal right (laughs) (laughs) i mean they were able to do it yeah 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 that's fucking Um, crazy expansion module two two was a a steering wheel for racing games that's sweet you know pretty dope yeah but this is where it was this is kind of crazy module three was the atom computer so it converts your ColecoVision video game console into an atom computer complete with a keyboard, a uh, digital data pack, a cassette drive, 64 kilobytes of RAM, and a printer. Oh, damn. A printer? Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. And it had, like, word processor and shit on there, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Damn. Average game for ColecoVision, $39.99, sensing that trend. Um, So about $121 today at around uh, in 1982. $40. 40 Mm -hmm. Best-selling game, Donkey Kong. And the system sold more than than 2 million units worldwide. Okay. Okay. Donkey Kong. We're we're definitely going to have to look up some... When when we get into Nintendo, we're going to look up the history into Donkey Kong, because this is weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought Donkey Kong started with Nintendo. Yeah, interesting. Mm. Right. Yeah. So next system, Magnavox Odyssey 2. Okay. All right. Trying to come back. Trying to come back. Released 1978 in Europe, February 1978 in North America. Discontinued March 1984. Introductory price, $179 then, about $802 today. So it used a... um, The... The Odyssey 2 actually came with a full alphanumeric keyboard. Okay. So it had a full keyboard right on the thing, and it was basically used as a way of promoting educational games. Yep, yep. Um, the uh, One of the cool options, one of the was they were trying to, they released a cartridge called Computer Intro, where... Um, with, had this intent of actually teaching kids how to code. Okay. Like code video games. That's pretty Computer sweet. programming. Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, CPU, Intel 8048. Okay, so this is the Intel chips. Is That's like the earliest chips that we were learning about okay. in school. And we kind of had to dissect like all the input outputs of them, like mm. what you could, you know, connect to them and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So 8-bit microcontroller runs at 5.37 megahertz. Graphics are 100 by 200 pixels, 16 colors, 4-bit RGBI. CPU internal, 64 bytes of RAM, 124 bytes of ROM. Now, most of the games on this fucking thing were basically... Um, let's see. Well, a lot of the games actually on a lot of these systems were just fucking either Pac-Man knockoffs... 
Pong knockoffs, just with different skins. Oh, yeah. And it's all like the same bullshit. Well, they were very limited by the technology that they had. So they just kind of had to... Play with that dot. Yeah. You no, know, right. Yeah. Yeah. How much can yeah. you do with We've that fucking dot? We've only got so many pixels that we can play with here. We've only got so many yeah. movements that we can make. Yeah. How can we put a spin on it? You know, and I'm sure that like the cartridges had the, the cartridges in those early days had like way better art than the actual games were. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? Well, that was the whole thing was to yeah. try to induce the imagination of the player. Yes, exactly. And, you know, I'm going to be perfectly honest. A lot of times that worked. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what was cool about the Odyssey, too, and what they did, this is actually very remarkable. Mm-hmm. Their their master strategy series games was probably the most groundbreaking and fucking way ahead of its time. Okay. So what they did was they were Odyssey 2 released the first uh, uh, of a series of master strategy games. The first one being The Quest for the Rings in 1982, and then um, Conqueror of the World, and then The Great Wall Street Fortune Hunt. All of these games had extended memory boards, and they were packaged with special accessories, including a game board with plastic and metal playing pieces. Damn. So now we're almost kind of getting into, like, either RPG-type games or games that are inspired by, like, other, like, role-playing games or your Dungeons & Dragons-type stuff. And your strategy games, your strategy board yeah, games. Yeah, this is, like, kind of more that, like, tabletop Sort yeah. of board game style. Your risk type stuff. Incorporated and, within the video game. Yeah. Cool. Pretty yeah. cool. So Magnavox RDSC 2 sold decent in the US. Um, it was it was considered one of the three one of three primary consoles prior to mid-1982. Um it by nineteen eighty three, yeah, it sold over one million copies in the US alone. So yeah. not too bad. Mm-hmm. Right? All right, last of our least notable, the Atari 5200, which was released after the Atari 2600. Okay, because I was going to say, like, I know Atari 2600. Everybody knows yes. Atari 2600. Yeah, 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 yeah. When you think of Atari, that's what you're thinking yeah, about. exactly. So this was released after the fact. Okay. And it was basically a... Uh, it didn't. It only lasted two years. It was a fucking. It was flop. a flop. Damn. So released in North America in 1982, discontinued in 1984. The whole point of the system was to compete with the television, uh, to compete with all these other higher valued systems yeah. that were much more advanced. Yeah. But what they fucked up was, is it's basically the same games repackaged. Uh, with a slightly better graphics. Oh, that's 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 shitty. And there's yeah. no backwards compatibility. Oh, that's even worse. So if they you're started the bullshit, you're spending yeah. all this money on fucking Atari games, and you have a great collection, you can't play them on the new Atari system. Goddamn. Yeah. So I just wanted to mention that it was a piece of shit. It was a flop. It was dumb, and I don't really care to talk about it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. F- fuck that Atari. 50, what is it? 5,200. 5,200. Oh, so yeah. it's just 2,600 yeah. times two. All right, yeah, right. I got it. Yo, man, <laughs> does a line. 
<laughs> what if we doubled the number, didn't change a fucking thing, oh and charge people more money for it? Right. That's so ridiculous. Brilliant, bro. Give yeah. me another line. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The last one we're going to talk about, the second gen. Yep. The the most popular. This the, is the big one. The Atari 2600, baby. Yeah. Yep. Released. Here's the thing. This is, I believe... I don't know if this is true, but as I mean, as I'm looking at this, yeah, this probably might be the longest running console ever released. Okay, 1977, and discontinued in 1992. Ooh, that's a long run. Yeah. It's a huge run, right? Yeah. So after the flop almost. of the 5200, they just kept the 2600 going, and we're still developing games for it. Absolutely, yeah, for yeah. 15 yeah. years. Yeah. That's got to be... 92? 92. January Holy 1st, 92 shit. is discontinued. That has to be... Yeah, we'll definitely look that up, but that has to be the longest continuous operating system that had games in development for it. Right. Yeah. 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 Damn, that's a long time. Yep. So Atari 2600 is credited with po- popularizing the use of microprocessor-based hardware and ROM cartridges containing game code. It initially sold in the U.S. for $189.95, equivalent to about $916 today. Yeah. So crazy. Crazy. Yeah. So the Atari system um, was designed with the cathode ray tube television sets in mind in the late 1970s and 1980s. It had this switch on board. So if you could picture this box... Um, kind of looks like, you know, it's got this like sort of ribbed frame and then it has a wooden panel on the front yep. and it has these switches at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, it had your on and off switch. It had your, um, I think it had a reset switch, but what was cool about this is it actually had a, a switch, a color switch, color to black and white. So based I had, on the, I had one of these. Yeah, yeah. So based on the TV that you had, apparent. So I guess TVs even in the early '80s were still fucking yeah black and white. No, oh, no yeah. exactly. So that like, I remember even as a young child in the early '90s seeing advertisements in like your your newspaper. Yeah, they TV in color. Yeah, it'd be TV like that was still <laughs> a selling point of TVs in the early '90s. Was I like mean, colored TVs. You guys remember Game Boys, right? And then they came out with Game Boy Colors. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Touche. Yeah. 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 No, right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And that was still rudimentary. It yes. was like still kind of bullshit. Yeah. But yeah. Freaking insane. Because today, like kids today playing video games, like, oh, they didn't have color? <laughs> what, do you Dude, mean? What, do you, what do you mean? <laughs> I fucking read a thing that I read a fucking funny ass meme that said, there's people that are having kids that weren't alive when Shrek came out. Oh, yeah. When Shrek fucked, does, came doesn't out. Doesn't that hurt your brain a little bit? Yeah, so yeah, when it yeah, comes yeah. to color, <laughs> motherfucking Pixel was a, Pixar was around then. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be interesting because we're going to be doing another series of uh, episodes on, on generations, and we're going to be working through it time. That's just going to be blowing my and, mind. And, and there's there's some key, there's going to be like overlaps of culture and stuff. Sure. Like once we get into those later generations, like video games are coming out and everything. And yeah, it's it's wild, man. Fuck. It's wild. Yeah. So yeah, they had a black and white or a color switch. Um, here's another thing. I forgot all about this. Okay. I forgot this was a thing. Holy shit. So it had a, a selector switch 
that you had to put the TV on. Yes. Channel two yeah. or channel three. Yeah. I fucking forgot uh-huh. that was a thing. There was yep. no source then. Exactly. There was right. no, no like, input. AV yes. output. In, yeah. yeah. There's none of that shit. So, yeah, on those early systems, even your Nintendos and stuff like that, you had to have. You, there weren't. Put it on channel three. Yeah. 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 Freaking so you, wild. it was a little, right. It was a little clip. And then you put, okay, channel two. And then you hope yeah. that your TV was able to go to channel two. Yeah. There's no yeah. digital cable. Exactly. There's fucking none of that shit. So in even the way that things connect to TVs now, like it, it now it's like, oh, I just take my uh, HDMI and I plug it in the back and yeah. the HDMI. Or or maybe you have your- um, Your like red, your, white- Your RCA, right? Sure, right. You that have, red, yellow, white cable. For yeah. Like- yeah. But back in the day, you'd be like connecting through the coax or you'd have some adapter that goes to the coax. And you're and yeah. then, uh, you know, people listening who are, are younger What's are like, what, what the hell's a coax cable? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I don't want to ruin for the next generation, but yeah, you'd yeah. plug to that cable, that big cable yeah. wire. You had yeah. to have some yeah. way to connect it to the TV so that the information was being passed between the system and the TV. Oh, man, yeah. So the Atari 2600 had an 8-bit CPU with 128 bytes of RAM. Um, it originally shipped with two types of controller. Uh, so it had a joystick with a little... Um, as well as like a pair of like paddle controllers. Um, but later on, uh, new controllers were kind of added in mm-hmm. like to expand and compete in the market, such as like a driving steering wheel, a trackball uh, controller, and, and then they incorporated a keypad mm-hmm. or like a keyboard type of controller as well. Um, games, average cost, $39.99. Yep. Or yep. at that time in... Uh, you know, when it was released in 97 or 77 was $192 at that time. Oh my God. Damn. Dude. That's so wild. 200 bucks for a game. Yeah. Everyone on the planet would laugh at that price for right now. For fucking yeah. sure. Yeah. And that and- shit better be sucking my dick <laughs> while I'm playing but, it. But they didn't know back then. There was no content. Like you, there was only a handful of systems and it was so new. It was such a new thing. They're like, yeah, that's what it costs. Like this is crazy technology. And these games were so basic. Yep. At, at its core, very basic. Yeah. Yeah. And- what you could you maybe have like one round would last a few minutes and then mm-hmm. you're just trying to beat a high score or something. And that's just one game. Yeah, yeah. That's just one game. Imagine if that was a bust. Yeah, this is before rentals and shit. Exactly. Yeah, right. We're you gonna can't rent this. We're gonna you talk about. That we're gonna talk about a major bust. Oh yeah, it's the bust of all busts. It's of the bust all of video games. <laughs> <laughs> really, I want, can't wait for that bust to happen. Yeah. So um, I'm hungry for it. What do you think the most popular Atari game was? ET. Pac-Man had to have been Pac-Man. <laughs> Pac-Man. Yeah. So a port of the arcade game of yeah. the same name, it was ported to Atari in, in 1982, and it became the the best-selling home video game of all time with more than one and a half million units pre-ordered. Pre-ordered. That's wild, yeah. yeah. Before the release. Yeah. Pac-Man eventually went on to sell eight million copies fucking worldwide. Damn. It's quite a success, I'd say, you know, back then. I mean, as rudimentary as that game is nowadays, it's still popular and everyone knows about Pac-Man. Fuck yeah. 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 There, there was something so, uh, it was iconic, the, just the way that you had that Even little... kids right now, they know about Pac-Man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For sure. It's been around forever. It's been, it's a They're good at keeping it in game. the culture yep. for some reason. So from my understanding, it was actually in the arcade first. Yeah. And then ported into the system. Did you guys watch that documentary on Netflix? Yeah. High, yeah. S- high score? High score. I yeah, never yeah. watched it. 
Yeah. It's good. I, I definitely recommend it because um, it goes through those early days of like how they were porting Pac-Man and there was some legal shit that was going on there with the cabinets and everything. Yeah. And, Companies yeah. that were like creating expansion packs to the cabinets yeah. to those games. Yeah. And there yeah, was like yeah. a whole. Damn. Yeah. But uh, what do you, the second best selling game. Oh, man, is it like Donkey Kong? So Donkey Kong is one of them, but it's not okay, the second best. Okay, okay. Donkey Kong, Frogger, and Pitfall. Ah, uh, all right, all right. So I, I got a question for you guys. Did you guys have Ataris, or did you like? I played my, them at people's houses. My brother had one after the fact. Where after Super Nintendo, after PS One, I was like, "What the fuck is that?" He goes. Bro, this is old school. This is an Atari. <laughs> okay, okay. And then he showed me it. We started playing. I was like, this sucks. Yeah. I'm going to go play Twisted Metal. Yeah. See you later. Okay, okay. I mean, right? Yeah. yeah. You go from Twisted Metal to this. Yeah. Like, no, I'm my- going to play Resident Evil and kill some zombies. <laughs> have fun with your fucking dots, dog. <laughs> my grandmother had an Atari, so I didn't have one, but I'd be over there and we'd be yeah. playing on this old tube TV. And um, yeah, I had the, it was the joystick controller and it just had one button on it. I'm yep. pretty sure it was like yep. a red button. And uh, I remember definitely playing Pac-Man and then a handful of other games. And like, they all sucked, like for the most part. And um, yeah, I, I just, I think I, at that point I'd already had a Nintendo, maybe had a Super Nintendo, yeah. but I'm just, when I was over there, the only thing they had was Atari. So I'd be like, yeah, yeah I'll play the Atari I think my brother, so my brother's 10 years older than me and he has a different dad. And I think his dad bought him an Atari when it came out. Okay. And then like, he didn't really go over there a lot. He'd go over there for like holidays and stuff. And like, he was like, probably, I would say he was probably like 20 and his dad was like, do you want this at your house? And he must've gave it to him, but I was 10 and this was like, you know, 99, 2000. (laughs) Yeah. And he was like, what? I'm like, what is that? And he's like, oh, it's fucking Atari, bro. You want to try it? And I'm like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Like, if you if you were ever even exposed to Nintendo yeah, and trying to go back to Atari, yeah. that's got to be the biggest leap, like the biggest gap in terms of like interest and playability. Like, like right now, I can go from a fucking PS, a PC game and go back to Nintendo. Yeah. And still feel there's like still some this ga- entertainment. There's still some games that you can play that aren't just com- like you can go back and play the original Mario. Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you're and you're not gonna be like, fuck this game, it sucks. There's you're some back- difficulty to it and there's some actual like concept or there's there's some meat to it there's where you can fucking about it. That that is there's certain games that came out like when we get to the net when we get to Gen 3, that's when you first yeah. like you have really iconic games that just had good playability. Platformers like, and shit. Exactly. They touched upon some, they figured something out at that point. Yeah. So there is stuff that you can go back to and not be like, oh, this didn't age well. But there's yeah. plenty of shit that did not oh, age well yeah. too. No, totally, <laughs> yeah. totally. Yeah. But I think Atari, like going from Nintendo to Atari, you're just like, why bother? The, the, yeah, there's almost no reason to go back to Atari. Like, <laughs> like can somebody, can somebody out You're there? You're trash. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was Asteroids on Atari? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember, and, and I guess you can have a little bit of fun with that that yeah. kind of Space Invaders for nostalgia, that kind of stuff. There, there's a handful of fun Atari games, but I also bet that 
um, they're more fun to play on an either an updated system or a, like a port to the a silly like arcade cabinet that you have. Where it then they has are to, that feel. Yeah. Then they are to ha- play on the actual Atari, Atari on a tube TV. Totally. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, the response is probably it, fucked. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know? You're playing on something that has a better controller and a better processor and better visuals ever so slightly. Yeah, you know? sure. Yeah, I remember playing Atari, and it, what I do recall, and I don't know if it, if, if it had more of like... Because a lot of the games that I came across didn't have any instructions. Oh, there was yeah. no like booklets or anything like that. You just kind of played them. Definitely, definitely. So there was a big learning barrier. Like you had to take, t- you had to spend time with the game to like understand what the fuck am I even doing? Exactly, because the, there weren't. You might have had a thing in the upper right hand corner or left hand corner that said what your score was or something sure. like that. But there's not, there's barely any options or anything. You're just thrown into it, and there's yeah. things on a screen, and you're moving this joystick around and just hoping for the best, like right. sh- figuring it all out. You yeah. Know? So, but yeah, I, I remember playing. I was like, okay, it's it's cool, but I never really got into it. It wasn't yeah. for me. Yeah. And for good reason. Again, like I said, I've already ventured into NES. Why go back? Mm-hmm. So. Space Invaders was the second best-selling game of okay. Atari. Um, it was the actually the first video game to sell a million copies, and it was considered the best-selling game before the release of Pac-Man. So much of the Atari 2600, I mean, through the course of the 1980s, it was the system. Oh, yeah. It was hugely successful, and it, it, like the mainstream media actually referred to video games as Atari. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, you know, fucking back in the day, you know, you would hear parents go, oh, you're playing your Sega Genesis <laughs> or everything's a Nintendo. Everything was Nintendo. You're playing yeah, Nintendo. Yeah, everything's yeah. a Nintendo. Even if you were playing a Sega or you were playing some other weird thing. You're right. Just, you're yeah. playing Nintendo. So yeah. in yeah. the 80s, this was your video game was an Atari. Yeah. Re- regardless of whatever it was, that's how it was referred to. And... um yeah, I mean, it was inducted in the National Toy Hall of Fame um, in 2007 in Rochester, New York. And in 2009, IGN declared it as, you know, the second greatest video game console of all time. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if I agree with that. But yeah. it did pave the way for a lot of what we have today. Definitely. Definitely. You know? Yeah. But even though Atari was considered a great console and hugely successful. It did have what is considered the worst video game ever made. Yeah. Have you guys played this game? No. Never. Cause I played it because it was one of the games that my grandmother had. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. And it was, I, I even knew as a kid, like yeah, when yeah. I'm playing it, like the other games I could kind of figure out and, and work my way through. And like some, the iconic ones like Pac-Man and space invaders, and all that shit. Sure. It was easy. They were fun. But then I remember seeing this game and like, um, I was like, I know the movie. I love this movie. I'm going to pop in and play this game. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Like, I don't even know. Like, am I doing it wrong? Am I dumb? Like, what, what, am, what am I actually playing right now? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. And the thing about this game. So I actually, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I don't know if I ever actually seen E.T. in its entirety. The movie? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit, I have dude. no fucking idea. Yeah. I mean, it's been a while, but... It's been a while since I've seen it, but I loved it as a kid. 
Yeah. So when E.T., so directed by Steven Spielberg, E.T., the extraterrestrial, when that came out, it was instant. It was a huge, Mm -hmm. fucking Mm -hmm. huge-ass movie. Elliot. (laughs) Very, very (laughs) popular. So from my understanding, uh, Atari sort of won over the contracts, won over the rights to try to create a video game. Yeah. But And then they got the contract, I think, from... I think it was in August. Mm-hmm. And Steven Spielberg was like, okay, cool. But part of our deal is that game has to be ready by the holiday season. Mm-hmm. So they're like, it typically an Atari game, with however small of a team that they had to make these games, it usually took about six months to try to, to complete a game. Yeah, yeah. So... Right then on uh, with with Steven Spielberg's like criteria has to be released before holiday season. Um, Atari's like, yeah, yeah, fine. Let's I'll ask around. We'll talk to our developers. See who can make it happen. So they go to this guy and they're like, dude, can you do this? He's like, yeah, fuck yeah, I can. So he he talks it over with Steven Spielberg and they're trying to create a, a concept for this game. And I think. According to one of the sources that I looked this all up, mm-hmm. they were Steven Spielberg was like, "We let's just do some kind of a Pac-Man variant, <laughs> right?" No, 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 no. He's like right. eating phones and shit. Like, no, see pieces and shit. Oh, okay. pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the developer, I, I don't know, I forgot his name, but he's like, "No, no, I, let's not do that. So let's yeah. think of something a little bit more innovative or whatever." Mm-hmm. Because this guy has actually created some pretty big Atari games, yeah. and that's why they went to him. So he sort of went through the concept. He actually only had five months to create this game. I think it was even less than that. Yeah. They detailed this in that uh, Netflix documentary, too. In high score, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and the game came out, and it was like... I think Atari had created like 2 million cartridges mm-hmm. and anticipated to sell them all out fucking instantly. Yeah. So it, the game was released and initially there was a big bump in sales. But after the first two weeks, <laughs> people found out how much of a complete piece of shit game this was yeah. and returned oh. the games to... Atari. Oh my fucking god! So Atari was sitting on 1.8 million cartridges Holy of returned shit. video games. That's insane. And they fucking didn't know what to do with them, so they ended up burying them in a landfill yeah. in New Mexico. Yep. So there lies somewhere like a million games of of Atari's ET in Mexico. <laughs> Someone's got to dig, dig that shit up. Oh yeah, right. And, I mean, shit, if you sold them all for a dollar, it's a million dollars, bro. <laughs> Nobody's buying that piece <laughs> of shit. For one dollar? I think people <laughs> would for a dollar. If you put it on a little plaque and put worst game ever created and then sold the plaque yep. for like eight bucks. Oh, yeah. For bomb. sure. There you go. There yeah. you go. You, yeah. Yo, I have an original copy of the worst game ever created. And you put mm-hmm. it in your little man cave video game, man yeah. cave. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, should I get yeah. a cup? Boom. Just sold it. That's eight million dollars. Eight million dollars <laughs> down there, man. Just waiting we gotta to go be find it up. yeah there right. was, if there was one million dollars cash buried somewhere you'd be like let's go get it yeah why not right? i feel like it's already been dug up i don't think it's been officially confirmed but yeah. it's gotta be yeah, yeah. mexican cartel dug it up 
Right. Yo, I love E.T., man. <laughs> but the whole problem with the game was, is the main character, uh, E.T., was like constantly falling into pits that yep. didn't make any sense. There was mm-hmm. no clear direction or instructions. Yeah. And the whole thing was just fucking confusing. Yeah. Of a game. Do you think there's someone that like beat the game? Like a speedrunner, like on YouTube? Probably. Like, oh, watch out. There's an invisible ditch right there. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. So here we get to the end of second generation. Yeah. So again, I, I mean, this was. The Atari was the bee's knees of this entire generation. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, 1977 to 92, that's got to be, I mean, that is the longest generation yeah. to date, yeah. right? Of all the consoles that yeah. are out in the different generations. We'll, we'll, com- we'll check that out in the QC, um, but I'm pretty sure that's right. So second yeah. gen wins for the longest. Yeah. Um, so here, 1983. Do you know what happens in 1983? NES. I'm going to assume. NES, man. No. No? No. No, no, no. 1983. Known as the Atari Shock in Japan was a large-scale recession in the video game industry. This is known as the video game crash of 1983. Ah, okay. Shit comes crashing because of down. ET. Okay. Well, there's some people. <laughs> well, there was some people that were that kind of blame the start of the video game crash on ET. Okay. I don't think it was solely responsible, um, but partially for sure. So basically, what happened was um, the home video game revenue. Prior to 1983, peaked at about 3.2 billion dollars, and then around after 1983 through 1985, it dropped to a hundred million dollars. Whoa! So I have a theory. Whoa. I have a theory on this. Okay, that's crazy drop. <clears throat> crazy. It, is it? That's no, like no one buys video games is anymore. It, uh, no coincidence that thrash metal and Metallica's Kill 'Em All also come out in 1983. <laughs> well, I mean, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't Damn, know. are you kidding me? It's a good. That's a good. It goes theory. from 3.2 billion to 100 million. That's, yes, that's wild. A 97 percent drop. Yeah, 97 percent drop. Yep, that almost doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, everybody. Everyone was like, you know what? Fuck video games completely. Well, everybody had probably had a system at that point, or if you if you could afford it, you know, these things are expensive. The problem was one of the things that there was three things. The there was three things that sort of led to this crash. One of them being market saturation. Yeah. There was a bunch of consoles on. All of them had different video games, and quite Mm -hmm. frankly. the video game quality was another factor where everything was just fucking Pong ripoffs, Pac-Man ripoffs. It was just bullshit, at, man. At this point, there was no there was no reason to buy more because nothing innovative had come out. It's right. another in, in, fucking in copy time. of some bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. And um, and there was a bigger interest in favor of personal computers at this point. Mm, this so is sort of that start of personal mm-hmm. computers. So. Um, yeah, this was the video game crash in 1983. Lasted about two years. And, I mean, a lot of companies, a lot of video game companies went bankrupt. And, yeah, 
Um, this is kind of like uh, the prohibition of the video game era, except it wasn't banned. It just right, kind of disappeared. Right. And people were like in doubt of whether or not video game industry, video game consoles were going to be a long-term viable thing. And they definitely were going to be ma- like it had to, like it was inevitable, right? For sure. Like as technology increased, like there were going to be better games that come out. But I'm sure at the time they were like, oh yeah, maybe it was just a fad. Yeah. No, you right. Know? Yeah. There was really no reason to know any difference. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember just in like my error, our error in school and people were like, you can't make money off of video games. Like stop playing video yeah. games yeah. and study. And now it's a, such a big market. And, and there's 10 years later. Computer, <laughs> there's e-sport, fucking video e-sports. game designers yeah. and yeah. making a killing and people are computer gamers mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Twitch streamers. Twitch streamers. Mm-hmm. Like, Literally, I was like, I was in the same mindset as my parents because my younger brother was playing video games. Like, bro, you need to fucking at least study a little bit. Like, I was kind of like a little worried about him because he like wouldn't do any homework and just play video games all day. I'm like, bro, you should at least do your homework, dog, or like study for a test. (laughs) I'm like, you're spending a lot of time playing video games. Granted, he's not a computer designer, game designer, or Twitch streamer. Mm -hmm. But yeah, some kids were like, no, Ma. I want to, and then they play video games. They keep doing video game shit, and they're yeah, yeah, yeah. But yep. yeah. So that ends. That is the first two generations of home video games. Wild. Damn. Hmm. So now we got to go off to the next best thing. Is that when Nintendo starts? Gen three. Gen three. That's Gen three. Nintendo. Yep. Or the uh, you know Famicom. Yeah. How many gens are there? it's eight or nine right it's eight or nine yeah yeah now yeah. are we gonna continue with this on one now we're gonna go each generation i would i would imagine that at this point there's so each, much each, now there's so much that comes after For this sure. point yeah. that um yeah it'll be one generation per there's nine and, generations and i wouldn't be surprised if if some of the generations get a two-part episode yeah yeah because damn there's a lot of shit right like think about oh, it oh yeah I mean, I guess if you start, if you mix the handhelds with the... We're not going to mix the handhelds, though. We'll do a separate handhelds. Yeah. We're going to do a separate arcade. We're okay. going to do a separate PC. Yeah. Damn. Okay. I'm fucking... Yeah. I can't wait for Gen 4. That's my shit. Gen 4 is my shit. Gen 4 is... That is... Super, Super Nintendo, right? Yeah. Yeah, that is Super Nintendo. Yeah. That's yeah, the yeah. shit I grew up in. Yeah. See, Gen uh, Gen three is where I started. I started at NES, like when I was five years old. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, I'm ready for that shit. Cool. Yeah, this is good. I'm excited, guys. I think uh, I think we get some good episodes ahead of us. And even this one, I I learned definitely a lot that I did not know for about sure. the the beginnings yeah. of the video games. All right. See you later. All right. <laughs> Bye, everybody. I got some some games to play. Bye.
How was your adventure? Oh my god. Was your quest successful? <laughs> Did you save the princess from the castle? Or is that on next episode? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably going to be next episode. Yeah, definitely. God damn it. Okay. Yeah. I like this new series. I like the, the mm. new voices that James uh, is introducing. Yes. Um, this is going to be fun. Hell yeah. Yeah. Informative, nostalgic. Oh yeah, definitely. It'll definitely. be it'll be neat. For sure. I always look forward to certain ones, man, and I'm always I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready for that fucking my generation. Yeah. That's what I care about is me, baby. Yes, me. Of course. Yes. Of course. Yes, yeah. they're limp biscuit. We'll, yeah. we'll get you to your generation. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Uh, what do we got? Any QC? Nothing? Yes? Um, no? So yeah, I've, maybe? I've got one piece of QC and this is this is tough because we were talking about how we thought that the second generation of video game consoles is the longest. And I think that might be correct. That the second gen lasted the longest. But at the same time, there's a lot of conflicting things about which system had the longest lifespan. And it all depends on multiple factors and what you're looking at. Do you say lifespan is how long the system was actually being like manufactured for? Or how long games were developed for that system right right and also when you bring countries of origin into factor and all that kind of thing there's a lot of factors so this is going to be something that we're going to dig into and we might have to come up with a more comprehensive list of to see what was the longest lasting system right slash generation um nonetheless uh you know gen 2 is where it really Whereas it really starts. And then I think Gen 3 is probably where you, you're you starting to get your like most iconic characters and games. Maybe Gen 3, Gen 4 overlap. For sure. Definitely. And you get your, your longest lasting like franchises. Like I bet that's that's a thing too that we could dive into. Is like what what video game franchise has been around the longest. Right. <clears throat> Because there's a lot that start in Gen, you know, we talked about Donkey Kong a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I really, I'm really curious because I thought Donkey Kong came out like Gen three, Gen four. Yeah, right, right. But no, but no. Well, it- no, no, no. <laughs> like when we're talking Donkey Kong, we're not talking like Donkey Kong Country. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but we're talking the ladders school and ladders and barrels. Where Mario was actually first introduced. Yes, exactly. Before he got his own starring video game. Role. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we'll get into that stuff in the future episodes. And uh, yeah, and man, there's so much to cover. Yeah, I don't know, man. Cool, All James. Right. What's up? You know what's up? No, I don't. You guys got to fucking rate, review, and subscribe to this fucking podcast. Follow us on Instagram. Check us out on Facebook. And check us out on Twitter. Let us know what your favorite generation is. Let us know your favorite video game on the comments below. That's all I got, guys. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks for listening. See you later. Adios. Goodbye.
sausage candles. <laughs>